We are Wrestling Elitists. Welcome back. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson, alongside the Nash villain, Sean Nash, and Chris Great Scott Moore. What's going on, boys? Oh, What's man. up, sweat hogs? Yeah. Ooh. Motor I City hope sweat hogs. Hope you all can hear me uh, after last week's debacle. But uh, thank you for coming back and listening again for another week of Wrestling Elitists. Please subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a five-star review to help us grow the show. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast. We actually just put up a couple of photos this week uh, showcasing our time at Blood and Guts, which we'll certainly be getting into. Um, please also check out our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest match ratings and articles. Chris recently posted a Blood and Guts uh, review that kind of goes through everything that we were able to see. Uh, Sean, why don't you let everyone know kind of what the general format of the show is, and then we'll jump right into it. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about our time. There's a clear-cut kind of match of the week, so we'll talk about that, give you our moments, news items, cringeworthy things of the week, and leave you off with what we're looking forward to in the uh, the big coming weeks we have. All right, thank you, boys. Well, uh, it was a good time at LCA. They were out of their duels, unfortunately, so uh, bad night for bad night to be Chris, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I think other than that, we had a really good time. Uh, let's kind of jump into it, though, just talking about the show and everything. Uh, we we got to attend something that only one other set of fans have seen so far in terms of an AEW show, and that was Blood and Guts. So I'll start with you, Chris. Uh, what was your thoughts of just kind of the show as a whole? And then we'll kind of go into the match in a little bit later. Yeah, I thought the show as a whole was great. I mean, it was a fantastic atmosphere. Everyone was genuinely excited to be there. I put this in my article, but it's everyone was over. And I don't think that happens a whole hell of a lot. I mean, yeah, the people on Dark that don't have TV time maybe weren't over, but everyone else was super over. Um, It was hard to differentiate who was the most over uh, because everyone just was into everyone. It was a cool environment. Um, I loved the crowd. It was very uh, packed, energetic and loud. Uh, It wasn't self-referential doing like stupid, silly chants or trying to fight the show. Everyone seemed to be going with the flow. Uh, The blood and guts match, while not great, super entertaining. And like you mentioned, it's a rarity to see. So it was a cool atmosphere and unique showing. Um, It's definitely different watching it live than on television. And I think as we discuss the match a little bit more, we'll dissect what that felt like for us in the crowd. Um, Sean, what were your thoughts on the atmosphere? Uh You said it perfectly and wrote it well. Um, The crowd was definitely pumped. Uh, Kid behind me loved Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston seemed like the fucking man to this this dude. But (laughs) I I haven't seen LCA that packed in probably like two, three years of Red Wings Pistons game. So that's great to see. It's kind of heard like a lot of love just through like some of the local radio stations of even like talking about it or people they had go there. So cool things, big things, hopefully coming out of it. And uh I thought it was a hell of a time that you could just feel the atmosphere and the, the like anticipation for the, the blood and guts match and what came even later. So it was just great to be in, in the environment. I was surprised to see you talk about everyone really kind of being over, even kind of the more internet guys, or even just like the, when they were filming AEW dark before the show started, Satnam Singh got a pretty good reaction to the stuff he was doing. Still I even watched yeah. his, his uh, stuff that he did, I, I watched it on YouTube yesterday, which I usually don't watch dark or dark elevation, but wanted to see kind of how that translated. Uh, and people liked him. And 
I kind of like those oddball couples of like, uh, you know, you look at WWE with Omos and AJ Styles. I thought they were kind of a fun team. Oh, you've yeah. Got that, you've got that heel that just hides behind his big man and everything. And if you do it right, it's enjoyable. And I think they did it. They're doing it well with uh, Jay Lethal there. Yeah, it was a throwback to the Colossal Connection circa 1990, man. That's some yeah. good shit. Like Jay Lethal seems to be having fun with it, too. Like he seemed genuinely into it and looked like he was having a damn good time and was feeding off it. And um, it's more work, but less work in a lot of ways. And yeah. I think when you go, yeah, Satnam Singh's never going to have a fucking five star match. Good God, he's sloppy as shit. But it doesn't matter. Like sometimes it's fun just to watch a big old monster and seeing them live. It is impressive. And the crowd does go, holy shit, that guy's seven foot 11 whatever the hell he is like he's a huge dude and he's also not fat too he's not some just like big guy he's a huge athlete so he is physically impressive to see it's cool yeah it was really cool to see him and they even did kind of they made it kind of goofy with the way that when jay went to go tag him in and the other guys you know the other two guys that they're facing were like kind of doing like the whole oh no don't do it type of bit and he was kind of like waiting and hesitating to do it i thought it was just well done and, and i enjoyed that but overall the show was great moved pretty quickly i was surprised at how long it took for them to get to the blood and guts match i was starting to look at my like watch and be like how are they going to fit this whole thing in because i mean I, what is that a 45 minute match before you yeah. even actually ring the bell yeah um and i do think that they cheated on the time on at least one of the uh entrance entrances for you know, uh, sure jericho's team but um Great time and and really I think I think Detroit delivered and we heard it from Tony Khan a million times uh, as he dropped a bunch of MF bombs too. Uh, Detroit naughty, naughty. Detroit showed up showed out and hopefully we uh, we earned ourselves more big shows potentially a pay per view in the future. Um, what was it about the uh, you know when you look at the blood and guts match? What was kind of the the thing that you guys enjoyed the most about it and then kind of what was it about it that maybe, you know, being there live kind of, you know, you alluded to some, some things there, Chris, uh, what was it that kind of maybe ruined the magic for you a little bit too? Okay. Uh, pros, I would say just the fact that it's a rare match. You don't see this all the time. It, the gimmick hasn't been killed yet. Old school NWA stuff, which I love. It's violent. It's aggressive. I love watching just the faces come in and the heels getting their come up and says like just basic psychology shit. Like it's great. And all of those guys in the Jericho appreciation society show ass and are cowards and like little things like Eddie Kingston coming in and just like flipping his kendo stick just ever so slightly. And they all just fly away. It's just great stuff. Claudio having a blast is beating the shit out of Sammy and the crowd loving it too. Uh, Jericho's cheerleading and, uh, just being a douche on the outside was great. I mean, there's just so many little things that were awesome. The guys that uh, on the face side really did come off strongly. The things that took away from it is like, obviously the, uh, we'll get into it later. Uh, <laughs> John, you go. <laughs> I'll um, get my negative stuff later. <laughs> yeah, just just from the beginning and kind of just the hearing wild thing play as the, the cage is down, everyone's around the ring, just felt just like a big, like, high school fight that you're going to watch in the, the backyard yeah. or the back parking lot. And it's just great atmosphere. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot negative to say about it. I thought even with the cage, like our seats looked perfectly when they got on top. Yeah. Great vantage point. Uh, I liked the little setup and the continuation of this Eddie Kingston, Claudio feud of Claudio getting the pin over Eddie Kingston before it. Just nice little, little touches. Unfortunately, Santana going down, but 
Yeah. It was it was fun. A lot of blood. Ton of blood. Yeah, yeah. I felt real bad for Santana with him hitting those just he got two moves in and then uh well, tweak that knee. I I saw people, I don't know how accurate this is, but people are saying whatever they were doing to him on the side when the doctors actually got to him is the typical test for an ACL tear. So that's that's not great. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, but he's been tweeting kind of he's been looking forward to his contract expiring. It looks like yeah, uh, potentially going on a, a singles run. So you hate to see that kind of derail that momentum for him. If, if he was somebody who wanted to go and bet on himself and now he's got a eight month to a year um, rehab there. Uh, but I, I loved it, too. I think the Claudio swing on top of the cage yeah, that's the, the most nervous I've ever been for any spot I've seen. We've <laughs> we, we've seen people fall off the cage that that night. We we saw it happen at Hell in a Cell. Um, just insane. The trust that Jericho had to have in him to go go through with that as well. Claudio also just running the perimeter of the yeah, just like a complete psychopath. Uh, but happy to see how happy he was and excited to see where he kind of goes. Um, but. Also, I had uh, a couple members of my girlfriend's family. Uh, I just happened to turn on Blood and Guts Uh-oh. during the Blood and Guts match. Hell yeah! So bad, bad look for me for that to be their, <laughs> their <laughs> what they saw is what I love. But uh, we were at we were at Fourth of July party this this weekend, and I was told about all the tacks that people were seeing in some people's backs. So not great, but uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll tune in again. There was a great moment too. We didn't catch it being live, being there, but um, Angelo Parker, whatever, kind of crawling through and hanging off the yeah, yeah the perimeter or whatever. It just the blood dripping down his face. Oh my gosh! The fact that he could fit through that little thing, just the the wherewithal to go to it, beautiful. Yeah, and I was seeing people thinking that he might have done that on purpose to even the odds because of the Santana injury. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but he kind of was just doing that to then make it like not seem so like why isn't anybody going for you know the guy in the corner holding his knee for the last however many minutes so play the numbers game um yeah and i think that for for me uh that match was about all that you could expect from a blood and guts in terms of being there live i don't know that there could be a better one i think there's some things in the in our cringe of the week that we'll talk about a little bit that might be some small critiques but other than that uh that was my match of the week and i believe your guys is as well correct yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And I like the storyline of it. I love the fact that you can go somewhere new, like you mentioned, with Claudio and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston didn't quite get everything that he wanted. That's probably going to cause him to go insane. The little rift between him and the Blackpool Combat Club is great. Those two will have a great, great match. Um, whatever. Let's just get into the things we didn't like about the match because it did have flaws. Right. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it. Let's, let's just do it. Let's do it. Ooh, we're on the topic. Let's just let's just get to it. So first thing the silly table spot that was like the table is elevated. It's never been in that position before. It's such a dead giveaway. We literally heard the like mouth breathers behind us. Like, Oh, Sammy's going to go through that spot. Like they just like they, anyone could see that that was going to happen. Well, I, I think you actually said it before we even said, we were like walking yeah. down the aisle and you pointed it out to us oh, too. Well, yeah. Cause you just know like, Oh, that, that could only be, that's what's happening. Like, it's not just by happenstance. They're not doing a new set just to do it. Yeah. Um, and especially with last uh, blood and guts, having that ridiculous crash pad landing that was so obvious. It's like, well, just don't do it. Just hold back a year. 
Like you yeah. don't need to do it. Sammy doesn't need to dive off another fucking thing. It just let him sell in the ring. That's totally fine. He can do it. It's great. Um, speaking of selling to maybe too much in the ring or just in a weird spot. So when all the action moved to the top of the cage, like Moxley and Wheeler were just kind of chilling in the ring. Yeah, like, it like they were in a oh, hammock. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, yeah. And I was like, is Mox like, is something going on with him? Like, is he pissed about something? Like, is real something happening? Like, he was, it looked like he was like going through his like pockets at one point. And I was like, what if you like text Renee or something? I don't know. It was weird. It, it just was odd how much he was not. And he's a great performer, awesome wrestler, love the fucking guy. But it was just weird watching him like, like, okay, I'm done, but I'm not done. It just was odd. Uh, and then they were up there really long and Jericho and Eddie seemed legitimately terrified of heights. They were like, they were so nervous walking that I thought like there was like it, the cage was wet or there was condensation up there. It was just bizarre. And then you have Claudio who's just sprinting and just doesn't give a fuck. And it's just a total like difference, which maybe works in the whole sense of like, Eddie's like, come on, I'm afraid of heights and you're not, and you're running around, but. Yeah. yeah, just a couple of little things that were like, oh, that's I, I can't go that high on it. Did did you did you guys see watching back on TV when uh, at the end of the match, Claudio goes to pick Eddie up after kind of they have their little moment and you see uh, Eddie say, my back is fucked. I'll be OK. I don't know what I did, but my back is fucked right now. No. So wow. he, you can read his lips saying that. So. Um, I don't think that that played into his being scared on, the, or, you know, how he was acting on there necessarily, but probably played into when we were watching him climb down, it was like, I don't know. It was like trying to watch me climb down from a bunk bed without a ladder. Like it was just, <laughs> it was not pretty, but I, I think the only, that the thing for me that kind of took anything away was the Mox and Yuta just kind of sitting there with their hands behind their head and like kind of kicking it up like they were, you know, watching Sunday Night Football. The rest of the Jericho Mox put team. put his foot up. <laughs> just kind of, yeah. just like, like relaxing. It was just like, yeah. what the hell? And, and uh, you know, the, the Jericho's team, they were all just selling like they were dead. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wish that I wish that the uh, the other team would have been doing a little bit more of that. That was kind of the one thing for me. We talk about it all the time with multi-man matches. There's always people napping and everything like that. But that was especially egregious because they weren't even hiding in a corner. They were just kind of chilling there because they knew the te- the the cameras weren't focused on them. Yeah. The only thing I could say I didn't really like about it is just the JAS always had the man advantage, but just seemed like it didn't even matter. It just after yeah. a certain point, like it came four on three and then it just it didn't even matter. Even before Santana came in and the, the numbers were down, it just didn't really make sense to why that became such a uh, a big crucial thing to win at Forbidden Door or just a, a place placeholder match for Forbidden yeah. Door. Would you guys think this would work much better on pay-per-view? Would you rather see it on a pay-per-view or would you rather? I I like it as a, as a, uh, just a, a dynamite. dynamite show. Yeah, uh, I agree. First of all, because I don't, I don't want, I'm afraid of it getting to the point of where WWE had, there was a TLC pay-per-view and there was an hell in a cell pay-per-view. So you always knew when that was coming up, they're going to build to a hell in a cell or even war games for them. is always survivor series weekend. Um, So, so for that point. And then also I think that I, I aesthetically, I don't, 
I like when we were watching the singles matches, I don't like having that second, that second ring there. Yeah. I don't want that there if I'm watching an entire pay-per-view and also it takes up an hour and we already have a problem of guys not getting, you know, the, the people that we want to see on a pay-per-view, sometimes they don't sure. all get on there unless mm-hmm. they're doing, unless they're doing a uh, four man, one versus one versus one versus one match type thing. So what about you, Sean? Yeah. I'm locking step with you. Keep it a dynamite, kind of a fun little thing. We, I mean, we had no clue that when we bought the tickets, that's what we were going to get. And when that little surprise came in, that's just a great little nugget. So keep it that way. And I, yeah, don't ruin the beauty of a pay-per-view set with the the extra ring just for one match. And don't add this to tag tag team match, uh, the women's division, and just it'd be too much. But what if you had brand supremacy? Now, now we're talking <laughs> rampage versus dynamite <laughs> yeah. only one time a year but it happens all the time uh, <laughs> and kind of one thing that we all noticed i think during the show and then i saw online afterwards jr wasn't calling most of the show so he called that main match and then taz was on commentary the rest of the time and then i heard some other people saying that it, like they actually are phasing JR out, JR out. I think they did also even for Rampage. Or no, he's not usually on Rampage, is he? He's on Rampage now. Okay. I think that's what they're going to... Yeah. Know. Yeah, so uh, interesting to see that they're phasing him out. Do you guys think it's a health thing? Do you think it's because he messes up so much? Or like, do you think... He, I, I just don't feel like he chose that because he's kind of been open that like this is... He just wants to keep doing this. You know, and what are your thoughts about a, a commentary booth without JR and AEW? I'm fully supportive of it. Yeah, yeah. would love it. I would love it. I didn't want to be the one to say it. <laughs> no, it, well, right, because like he meant so much to our childhood and stuff, and he was a great fixture, but he doesn't have an ounce of enthusiasm. It sounds like yeah. he seems less interested now than he was even when he was doing New Japan in the studio. That was so bad. Like it just he doesn't seem to care, and he seems very disinterested. Sometimes just dismissive of things. Um, yeah. uh, Okay. He's 79 years old, whatever. He's going to fuck up Daniel Bryan, which I'm doing in this case to make an example. Not that I did it. Uh Oh, no, no. We need to take that too. I don't remember. Let's, let's take this to uh, Toronto for review and see what they have to say. Uh, We're going to let the, uh, we're going to let the NFL headquarters approve this one. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, Mike, uh, whatever the fuck that guy's name. I was going to say Perrier. Pereira. 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 Okay. Anyways, we're getting off the point. The point is, uh, he he just doesn't have the same enthusiasm whatsoever. And the business has passed him by and that's okay. And I like maybe having him come out and do a couple of little things and he does get a tremendous pop and he's very nostalgic, but that's it. And, um, I just, he's not the talent that Excalibur is right now. Even Tony is, I think eclipsed him. Um, and I'd love to see Kevin Kelly. I'd love to see the Ian uh, Riccoboni, Riccoboni guy even yeah, for JR. He's yeah, just, he's yeah. very distant and behind everyone mm-hmm. else. Um, and it's a shame because I love the fucking guy, like all of those moments and stuff, but clearly the moments pass. And the only reason you'd want him on the show anymore is because you used to like him. Yeah. And a lot of that's 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. Around nine anymore. Yeah, and I, I, we were talking about it during the show. It kind of sometimes feels like he's like trying to signal to the other old timers that talk shit about AEW, like, hey, I don't like this stuff, some of this stuff either. Like, he wants to make sure that they know he doesn't approve of the Orange Cassidy and and all of those things. It's it's just weird. 
Um, also, whatever happened to remember when they first started AEW, they had that uh, what was Golden Boy was his name, I think. He's a he's a video game streaming like he or like a esports commentator. He did the first few like the Fighter Fest, and I can't oh, remember. I really liked him, but then once they brought in a couple other people, he got dropped. I, I would actually like to see him even. I thought that he was a fresh voice. I think part of my problem with wrestling commentating a lot of times is like, it's just the same recycled people for the last however many years. Um, and I mean, I like Taz and Excalibur. You can just give me those two. Uh, but if they were going to replace him, I would actually rather see him than a, a Paul White or oh, Mark Henry. Good God. Yeah, totally. Um, well, let's move on. Let's go to our uh, our moment of the week. I think there was a lot of things to choose from. Um, and I think kind of like excitingly, none of us picked anything from the blood and guts match. Uh, you know, despite how much of the show that that took up, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. I love Max Caster on Wednesday. Oh, he did yes. such a great job. So many great lines. He had so many funny things and just his overall presence and charisma is great. That guy's a huge future star. Uh, yep. that line about, I'm going to get Tony Khan to hug me. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> the fact that they can make a joke about that now and reference it and like his character yeah. can do it in a good way. Um, yeah, it's just, he, he feels like such a breath of fresh air. Um, uh, yeah, he just, everything he said was funny. The juggalo stuff, the <laughs> Darby or, uh, Dan Austin doing white face, white man and white face. <laughs> it's just all great. Like he's so fucking funny and, uh, really charismatic and like, shit that's the guy i'd like to see do spots on rampage you know like as much mm -hmm. as i love ricky starks like if you're just gonna have a guy in the booth from time to time like put him in there he's great i yeah i love everybody loves the acclaimed but i especially love the acclaimed love max caster was super excited that we got to see a double dose of him too because we also got him on rampage yeah. which um when i was in dallas and saw my first AEW show we did not get any max caster so um, it was kind of nice to feel like that got made up for a little bit. And uh, just overall, they're a, a, a the, the Acclaim's a great team. I think him and Bowens play well off each other. And I cannot wait to see them get kind of to that next tier of tag teams and, and eventually hopefully get a run. Yeah. And I think I was going to mention too, uh, now that we're out of the post-COVID world, like I didn't know how to like, Am I shaking hands? Are we allowed to do that in society? And I did like an awkward little handshake to one of the friends of our shows. And I just went for scissoring instead. And it brings so much joy to everyone's face. <laughs> just yeah. scissoring people. Uh, the amount of fun we had scissoring people was so fucking great. And it's the stupidest thing in the world. But if I was like a 14-year-old or 13-year-old, that would be the coolest shit in the world. And like, can't you just imagine like like a teacher going, all right, boys and girls, no more scissoring. Yeah. And like <laughs> just getting so upset about that, like they would in the second days. Like that shit should be mainstream. Well, oh, well it's yeah. so funny that Billy Gunn is involved in it. And you know what I mean? And he was involved yeah. in the suck it stuff. Like he's just bringing generations of jokes that children really shouldn't be going in on. But Sixth grade teachers are just going, damn Kip sop <laughs> molding the deviants. <laughs> uh, Sean, what about you? What was your moment of the week? Uh, I love that Christian promo. This heel Christians, it's, it's awesome. Uh, came out, apologized for his whole uh, Jungle Boy's entire whole family not being dead, except for his mother. Always got to, <laughs> always got to hit up those milfs, you know. But um, uh, 
called these two and and apparently me uh motor city sweat hog so really really took it at us kind of shout out his canadian roots but uh and then unleashed the new um kind of evil dark uh, luchasaurus cool to see where this kind of goes and um he's just uh he can turn that switch so quick to become just a an amazing heel the way he talks on the mic and those outfits that just i think alex you said bond villain-esque it's it's perfect mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed it. I thought it was great to be able to be there for the promo and hear the heat that, I mean, he was getting real reaction, you know, heat and, and everybody was genuinely like booing him and he had some great lines in there. I, I also liked him saying the only good thing about Detroit is that it's close to Canada. Uh, just overall, <laughs> uh, a great promo. And I, I actually am really hopeful that this Jungle Boy, like Luchasaurus doesn't, go back like this isn't a temporary thing like i kind of i like seeing this this luchasaurus dark type character mm-hmm. uh and and honestly i hope that it leads to jungle boy you know we talked about jr and he got a lot of heat early on for always calling him jungle jack perry or whatever but i would actually like to see him become you know jungle boy jack perry and and this kind of makes him become more serious and, and kind of ditch a little bit of the jungle boy-ness to him uh, because he just hasn't really connected as that character for me um, but yeah, great job by Christian there. Yeah, and that leads to the great evolution out of being the young boy into the the Tarzan esque man he can be. Yeah, like does he change his little booties? Got to those little Peter Pan flyers. <laughs> I always think of like Robin Williams and Buck, like <laughs> was doing it. Like, and you've got those smashing tights again, Peter. <laughs> comes and wears those. I just picture Dustin Hoffman playing as like christian as as hook (laughs) okay that's just weird (laughs) hook is one of my uh, like oddly favorite movies in a weird like alternative universe i kind of like always thought like hook was a massively underappreciated movie oh i i loved it as a kid absolutely i haven't watched it in years i'm sure i'm sure if i watched it now i would be embarrassed but yeah (laughs) Uh, my moment of the week was in the uh, Royal Rampage match, uh, and it was Brody King winning it. That's Sean's boy. Yeah, He's been that sick. Sean's been, a, Sean's been a supporter for longer than anyone I know of Brody King, so it was kind of cool that we got to be a part of seeing him get this shot against Mox. Uh, but also the way that he did it I thought was really cool. Pulled Darby over the ropes and then was kind of choking him out, dangling him over kind of with his feet just you know hanging and then just going with the drop and – Darby being the rag doll that he is, uh, just falling right down to the ground. I'm excited to see what him and Mox do. I, I'm kind of bummed that there's no build to it, like because that matches this week. I uh, would would love for that to have like a, at least a two week feud, so we could you know kind of just showcase a little bit more Brody King before uh, before it com- his time comes to have that match. But absolutely think that they'll they'll put on a great match. And I thought that the Royal Rampage was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Tony was way more excited about it, like being like some crazy innovative thing than it really truly was, but it was still a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. That was a real fun thing to see. I liked it a lot more than the um, typical um, card, you know, card yeah. roulette or whatever the hell they do. But um, him, him just dropping him his lifeless body there, Brody, that was, that was awesome. That kind of really cements his um, monster status in, in the division. It really came down to a, a beautiful three-way of mine of Darby, um, Brody and the butcher, just perfect, perfect little setups there. And throughout the whole thing it was pretty cool. I, um, I didn't catch the fact that like people actually had to stay in their rings and then that made sense to why no one ever just 
fucked around and and uh, jumped into another. But awesome thing. Hopefully, if they keep doing these blood and guts, we continue to see these. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would critique about that match is I think when the final two were there from the uh, Both from each ring, I would have had them actually have to pin the other one to win. I think that would have been a cooler yeah. kind of switch up rather than all of a sudden they just jump into one ring together and then they're it's still a battle royal. That would that would have been my only kind of change on it. Um, good. Well, let's uh, let's move into the news of the week. Uh, Nothing crazy happened again. We've had two weeks in a row of like just kind of mild, mild uh, wrestling news. But Chris, what did you have? Yeah, I love the um, UFC pay-per-view. I bought it on Saturday night and they had a lot of uh, wrestling representation there. So the whole McMahon, basically border directors wing was there. And who Uh, else? Pat McAfee free. No, that's his name. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, but he was there selling a neck injury, which is yeah, great. Like he's just fucking always working. But like uh, Vince and Stephanie, uh, Hunter and Nick Khan there. So it's just kind of funny too. like all the rumors of like, you know, and we've made jokes about it, but like uh, Nick Khan's phasing them out, man. He's giving them all the finishers like they all hang out together. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. if he really fucking hated Vince, like he could have tried to maybe not have. Steph, I don't know. There could have been that'd be one of those things. I'd love to know the true story and the nature of everyone's relationship. I mean, whatever. But so that was kind of fun to see them there. I don't know if Jr. and Tony Khan were there also, or if that was just a if that was just them their last time at the other UFC. And then the main event, um, uh, fucking what's his nuts came down. He was doing Israel Adonaje. Yeah, oh, there we go. He's doing that. Undertaker's uh, entrance, and that was funny. And just the. DC on commentary was just dying, loving it. Um, and the fans loved it too, but they were getting like really annoyed when he was like, when he wouldn't come in and he just kept waiting for that cue in the song, which was also <laughs> kind of like funny too, that he just didn't fucking care and waited and waited and waited. Um, but no, it was cool. And it just reminded me too, how effective UFC is when they don't overthink things like UFC really turned into what pro wrestling used to be. Like you don't have to do an elaborate thing. You want to see it because you want to see these two guys fight. It's pretty simple to do. And I was hoping that would be kind of AEW style uh, and that it was like real rankings and so forth. And there's moments where you get flashes of that, but um, you know, AEW is also at the mercy of a big television contract and having to get consistent ratings. So there's other masters they have to serve, but I know it's just a cool event. And I, uh, it made me think of what wrestling could have turned into, perhaps. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I saw the photos of them, of the McMahon clan being there, but it just looked good to see uh, Triple H looking pretty good. He continues to look like he's getting better and better. Um, and Pat McAfee selling that injury, just perfect. Just live the gimmick. It's awesome. Uh, he's, he's got some match coming up, but it's just amazing how how much Vince McMahon has now been just around ever since anything has come out. It's just like, I'm not going to die. Oh, You're gonna no see me selling every- everything. I'm, Fuck I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to keep coming back around. We're going to have a Johnson celebration more. and I'm going to be there. It's fucking crazy. Was he on raw last night? I didn't watch. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't, couldn't tell you there, but I just want to say things. also, uh, just from another wrestling reference, when uh, Cowboy Cerrone, after his match, he left his uh, gear in the ring because it was oh, his yeah. last match. Oh. Yeah, that's right. So it was another, another just kind of nod to uh, the old wrestling world. But, um, Sean, what about you? What was your 
news of the week? Uh, mine, maybe not so um, cheery or anything. Big E's um, injury kind of update. His C1 isn't ossifying, forming any kind of bone, so there's not really the, the regrowth that they're kind of hoping for. It's going to continue just to kind of monitor things over, like, a, like finally hit their one-year mark, which seems like it's probably still, like, half a year away. I can't remember when this actually happened, but just – Unfortunate to hear, uh, hopefully he is ever able to actually come back and in a healthy way and can do it. But uh, hopefully the smartest decisions are made in his um, just health and is put first before the business. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer to see that news. But uh, it's it's also, there's something good to know about with Big E that he's somebody that if the worst case happens and he can't wrestle again, like that guy is going to be able to be a personality, so, so many whether buddies. it's in the WWE or outside of it, uh, that guy, that guy can make, will be able to make money wherever, wherever he chooses to go, if that's the case. But hopefully it's not because uh, he was, he was really fun to watch over the last year. Uh, one of the few people I was really keeping an eye on still from the WWE. Just yeah, less of those diving spears out of the yeah. Oh God. Yeah. But I think like, think of him cause he'll be around in 10 years and perhaps Vince won't not sound evil but like if Vince is gone and dead like you could have Corey Graves and Biggie on commentary and that would be good like Corey is not having things fed into his ear by Kevin Dunn and Vince would be quite good oh totally it would be um and then my my news of the week is uh simply we you know Sean when he had originally pitched his thought that Pac was going to be the one who won the Atlantic championship, oh, yeah. you know, maybe that means when he's overseas and not on AEW television, we'll get to see him defend against uh, people in the UK and outside. And his first defense is going to be against a uh, shooter, uh, Shota Umino and uh, Rev Pro, who's still on his uh, uh, excursion, I guess, if that, if, if yeah. I'm not mistaken there, because um, that's where he was doing most of his stuff was in the UK. Uh, so that'll be his first defense. And then he's also going to be, assuming he retains uh, defending at OTT in Dublin on July 22nd. So I'm going to get to kind of see that become a little bit of a open challenge, potentially type of a title for people outside of AEW, which is, you know, what brought us Eddie Kingston and some other names, Ricky Starks even Mm. uh, with the TNT title. So excited to see what kind of talent that brings from outside the United States. Yeah. And two, it hopefully like builds the, the love for local, UK indie shows or whatever Rev Pro and OTT would kind of consider consider themselves. There's AEW watchers all around the world, and you see him coming to your local town. You gotta go, gotta see that title be defended. So hopefully, it just sparks the the love for wrestling to continue. Yeah, and um, I I saw this article before we we recorded tonight, but like I guess AEW's ratings in the UK have been going up and up and up and up, and that's good to know. Fuck, our numbers in the UK are skyrocketing. Technically, that's true. If, they, if you look at our website data, it is kind of actually true. I don't think they love us. Skyrocketing is a little bit strong, but they love us in the UK. We're they we're do. huge there. We sell we're everywhere. Big. It's going to be exciting to see what that growth looks like in the UK, both for uh, AEW and for the wrestling elitists. And uh, you know, if if we got any fans over there, please please make sure that you're still sharing our articles and sharing the podcast. Yeah, fucking fly um, us out. We'll host a. Show on yeah. local parks yeah. tomorrow. That'd be great. Return back to that's my second home. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, speaking of cringy segues, uh, let's go to cringe of the week. And uh, Chris, we kind of already talked about yours. I don't know if you have anything to add. 
uh, but it was that table spot in Blood and Guts. Yeah, that was rough. And then the uh, thing I forgot about that it, we, I didn't uh, mention was uh, Shawnee sent us that clip of the GCW stabbing incident. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just wasn't careful on what I was opening and looking at. and just wasn't thinking. And yeah, it's like a mass transit incident on his arm. So, so it was gory. awful. I, God, I'm yeah, so glad we didn't yeah, go that to was, that. I almost yeah, had family I, that was going to go to that show. And I thankfully told them, like, that's not the night of Columbus that I would go to. And I would not have wanted been in attendance for that. It's like 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 you you and Bird were saying, Sean, it's a har- GCW's is a Harpo. Yes. It's not a Harpo, so you don't go. Yeah. You know? That's the draw. So, that's the draw. Uh, what about you, Sean? What was your cringe of the week? Um, I kind of got two, actually. Um, just kind of the way the Rampage schedule just didn't really make sense. I saw some things online where there's apparently like just groups of people leaving after the, the rampage battle Royal or Royale rampage, yeah. whatever the hell they call it. Um, didn't really seem noticeable in the being there in the crowd. It still seemed pretty loud. Even when you got to the Nyla Rose and Tony storm main event, the, the play of it just didn't seem to make sense. I know we we're kind of running on the high of the blood and guts. It all made sense, but we could also just move things around once you actually put it on TV on Friday, just, I don't know, the, the blood stops kind of flowing at the end of the, the night and you're ready to go home. But it was like that. But my other cringe is me. I can't say <laughs> continually say, I don't like orange Cassidy, but anytime he's got this sweet, sweet entrance song, I'll be playing it for the whole week after when once Jane by Jefferson starship hit, that was, that was awesome. And I've been playing yeah, it man. all weekend. Perfect. Oh, for the July God, yeah. song, just, Baking out in the sun, beer in your hand. Like you said, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, I didn't absolutely. know that that was from Wet Hot American Summer. Like that he was a, I'm sticking a cringe. I put that in my article. I didn't know that he was a like a homage to Andy from yeah, Wet Hot Paul American Summer. Right? Yep. N- yeah, <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, the hand thing is is 100% from that. Yeah, like I felt oh, like an idiot. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, oh, that makes sense, obviously, but. True story. So we saw what had American summer uh, in high school because my friend's brother thought it was a porn. And so he rented it for all of us. To- <laughs> <laughs> so we're like watching this and all like thinking it's going to be one thing else. And then that's the first thing is Jane. That's the very first yep. second of the movie. Ugh, and then perfect. the guitar solo with the acoustic guitar. I was like, oh, this is my movie. <laughs> <laughs> But, okay, so if he's going to be a heel one day, he could be like Andy from that movie and be like an incredible heel. Just such like, a dick. Oh, yeah. I would love Orange Cassidy as this asshole Andy heel. That would be amazing. <laughs> but just imagine him like leading a faction and actually treating it like he's a summer camp counselor. <laughs> that would be, that'd be the best. Or just how uh, he doesn't I, care about any of them. Like, just yeah. like, he didn't care about the lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, Sean, shit. that hearing Jane come out, hearing him come out to Jane reminded me of when you and I went to that AEW show in Chicago oh, and yeah. heard uh, Champa come out to uh, the talking head psycho killer. And then we were blasting that song for the entire five ride, five hour ride home mm-hmm. the next day. Uh, just like it, it gets in your head and you're like, why is this not everybody's song when they walk out? Like, And Jane, I think, is such a unique one because it has a pro wrestling sound to it. Like, oh, yeah. It's so good, but it's also got like the Orange Cassidy. Like, it's perfect for him. I think it just needs to be staged a little bit different where like he doesn't come out until it's that 
riff, you know, like he just yeah. kind of waits and then it comes out then. Mm-hmm. Um, Hit that just, yeah, just kind of let it build a little bit, and then he shows up then or mm-hmm. something. Just yeah. like and imagining Kenny Powers just walking out, just fireworks, uh, American flag draped around his neck, and that's what it oh. is. Hit oh, Toro Diablo. Or what uh, if he did my... like the Cody thing, and then he like fell asleep? Right? <laughs> 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 I love that. Uh, my cringe of the week was the post jade match segment with ember moon and chris statlander uh just they came out and they just looked like nerds they just got immediately beat up and then like shooed away by jade it didn't make any it just didn't look good it was i don't know who it was supposed to be a positive for because jade doesn't really have any realistic challengers right now and then ember moon to me or chris statlander are the two or not ember moon oh glad we don't have a rule around that Oh, uh, could you imagine Athena? Um, she, I mean, to have her as one of the top potential people to face her and then just have her get like, like that, that segment where she just doesn't come out looking good, just doesn't do anything for that division. And, um, I just thought it was kind of useless. It was almost like they just wanted to have a chance to show Athena and Chris Statlander, but had nothing for them. And they had something for them with them having their own baddie section. They did like that segment where they were like dancing around. They were like joking about like, oh, we should be in the baddie section. But, okay, then have them be in the baddie section. They can just be annoying or dress really shittily and just get Jade mad because they look like slobs or something in Jade's mind. Whatever. You could do something fun where it's not just generic B-Town. Because like you said, Athena doesn't look as strong as she should. And you do need a new credible challenger. And if you're going to build to Jade, having a big match at all out, it's got to look like a real threat because no one looks remotely threatening to Jade. Well, I mean, it's good that Jade's getting the mega push. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Agreed. Someone has to be credible though, too, to make it seem like there's a real shot that something could happen and give Jade a bigger push. Well, yeah. And, and there's always a thing where like you could build someone up, have them lose to Jade, but have them come out still look, stronger than before that feud started like it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game where if jade wins it then they're they're nobody but they don't really seem to know how to do that with her like and i don't know if it's because they're trying to hide some of her inexperience at times so they don't want you know things happening with jade but like you don't have you could build up people and have them like actually look like a challenger to her and then they lose and then they move on and they're still good and that hasn't happened Every time someone loses to her, they go to the, they just go, they just go to the back and catering. Yeah. Do what you're doing with Brody and just copy that and come up with a new storyline for Brody and John Moxley. You'll be fine because what they're doing with that is going to work. Oh, it's working and it's going to work in the end. And you're not having Brody beat John Moxley. So just do whatever you're going to do with that and just replicate it. Or you can go, okay, this is why it works and study it and go, okay, let's make it applicable to Athena. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, what, what comes of that, but I, I just left with that feeling like, okay, they don't, maybe they don't see her as the potential person to take off that, that TBS title from her, uh, which is fine. But if that's the case, then maybe you just have her go straight to the women's title and face Thunder Rosa, because I think that, Athena instantly come came in and is the most the the best wrestler uh, on the female roster really right now. So um, let's move forward though. Let's let's get positive again and just talk about the uh, the anticipation for this week. 
Chris, you just kind of briefly talked about it right there, but uh, what, what has you uh, excited for this week of Dynamite and Rampage? Yeah, I'm excited to see Mox and Brody wrestle. Um, it was a one, I mean, a very, like you mentioned, a very quick uh, build up to Brody, but uh, I think he looked credible in the sense that he won the Battle Royal by throwing out Hangman too and stuffing him. Um, so, yeah, I like, I mean, it's a good um, one week monster. They had a successful formula with Moxley before of beating like Lance Archer and Brian Cage and some big guys. Uh, so Brody will be fine and he'll be a great challenger. And then maybe this leads to uh, Moxley versus Malachi Black. Hell yeah. That would be oh, some yeah. good shit. And that yeah. would be something very different. And then Malachi will get uh, some of the heat that he's been needing and credibility and rub that he's been needing. Um, and I think also, too, with Moxley being so subdued, and it just wouldn't work. Some of the supernatural stuff I think will naturally get toned down and that'll get it a little chance to breathe. Hopefully. Um, yeah. I, I just don't think it'll work with him doing silly stuff. Like they're going to have to be kind of careful because it just doesn't look right with Moxley's going in goofy land. Mm-hmm. So, and he just seems to have a resistance to it just by reading his book. Like he just hates silly shit. So I think those two will have an incredibly violent, great, Great match. I'm, I'm, I think that's going to be uh, a burner. I would be surprised if that wasn't one of those sneaky match of the year candidates. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Brody's like the next evolution in those big men like Lance Archer, who Moxley yeah. just puts down eventually. And oh, like you say, hopefully that leads to a Malachi Black when that little list came out of someone's dream matches for all out. Mm-hmm. Seeing that one right there, that'd be perfect can't wait my um anticipation tony khan was really 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 selling hard giving us some kind of big show in the future and if you didn't <laughs> well, come on and say it like three times if if it's that big show to never come back again but hopefully <laughs> he was selling hard seemed like a pay-per-view uh, we we saw and i think people in forbidden door saw the same um little banner of all out on september 5th just with no date or, or no location, I should say. Um, I think that's still just going to be a Chicago thing. I don't think that would ever come here being way too big, but full gear revolution. That'd be cool. And, you know, we, I think we really showed out with the, the noise, the attendance in Crowd, Detroit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, bring it, Tony, bring, bring it back. Apparently you found something good here and you, you, you can't give that up. The motor city built his family's wealth. And so uh, come back, come back, back home you know that was a great uh great to hear him talk about how passionate he is towards michigan and detroit in general uh and i was definitely nervous a few times that he was going to say that they're going to do all out in detroit because chris and i both have separate weddings that we'll be attending that day and uh i don't know that i'm ready to ruin any friendships but uh, i do also not want to miss a (laughs) pay-per-view of uh aews i know and even in I, w- I was looking at the schedule too. So November makes sense and there's nothing on the books for any kind of event in November. But then I'm like, wait, you moron. There's a fucking Red Wings game and a Pistons game. But hey, yeah, that'll yeah. be, that'll be hard. Yeah, but if you want a good draw in the building, you might want to just do this instead. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the hard thing is because they're splitting since they split LCA. It's, it is going to be difficult. One team's away. The other one's usually home. Mm-hmm. Um, and but hopefully it hopefully either that aligns or you know ideally really for me revolution actually is 
scheduling wise for me, I think I'd feel better that I can make it. I think for you, um, you guys, I might be different. Um, should be okay. Yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. but, uh, yeah. But uh, just in terms of my anticipation, uh, I there's another title match that's going to be on this week, and that's uh, Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky, street fight. I have a feeling with it being a street fight, that's going to be how they keep Wardlow maybe from getting the title right now, or some sort of mm-hmm. fuckery maybe or something like that. Um, but excited to see Wardlow again and something more normal uh, rather than that 20 versus one handicap match. That stuff's corny. I don't, I get why they do it, but it's just not for me. Um, so I, I'm excited to see him in an actual match. I feel like he's lost quite a bit of his uh, momentum that he had going into the MJF match, even, you know, right after it, especially with MJF being gone now too. So excited to see what kind of reaction he gets and see if he gets the title. Both guys lost a lot of momentum. Yeah, you know, like it's just, and, and I think it, it's also snake bit by having it be a street fight so quickly after blood and guts. Well, and, and there's no real like I like a street fight to be because it's these these two are in a blood feud or they're Passion in a, you know they need something. And yeah. it's just mm-hmm. to just make it a street fight to make it a street fight. Yeah, it, it's not space as- it out after this. Yeah. You know, um, it's not a bad idea, but I think sometimes too, now the audience is smart enough where they know like, oh, is it a street fight? Because so-and-so can't work, you yeah, know, yeah. in their mind, they can't work. And it's like, no, they can work. Just both of them are fine. It's just, I don't know. I do want to see him get his big moment. Don't get me wrong. Like I would love to see mm-hmm. Wardlow get the belt. That'd be great. But yeah, you've already been gun shy on it before though. Yeah, and I I just think that Sky has just had this his entire time with the TNT title basically since February now has just been so blah. Like I almost like build him up, let him have a little bit of a good run, so then it's more meaningful that Wardlow pins him. And that's I feel like the TNT title is how I've always felt about the US title in WWE, where it was always just kind of a eh, give that guy the title. Like that's how it's felt really since uh, since Cody Lander, uh, lost, lost it, uh, lost it back in January to, uh, Sammy. So we'll see on that, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's a good match. I just, I wish it was a regular match, but I think it'll still be good. Totally. Totally. Well, boys, that'll wrap us up for this week. Again, please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or Spotify. Visit us at wrestlingleaders.com for our latest match reviews and articles. Please share the podcast with all your friends and family within the internet wrestling community. Rick Rude, take us home. Hit the music.